I felt like the, I'd been there a thousand times before. I felt this connection to my food that was on another level that I'd never experienced in, in ever, right? So eating whole animal became a focus again. And what I did was something that was really weird to my cousins that I was and my brother that I was hunting with is I harvested the heart. I harvested the liver and the kidneys. And then I was sawing bones because I wanted to make my own bone marrow. I didn't I didn't want to waste anything. I was very thankful for that that kill for that animal. And I, I began to find it strange that we just made this it became normal that we would waste these parts of the animal, but they were super valuable. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the functional diagnostic nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, but for now, here is today's episode. AKA Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show, episode, uh, I believe, number 290, uh, which is absolutely crazy. We're 10 short of the big 300, still haven't figured out anything special. At this point, they're all special. We have amazing guests that come on, and uh, this guest is no exception. I'm going to read his bio, and then I'll explain how the heck uh, we all got connected here. So Nigel O'Quinn is a lifetime health and fitness enthusiast. Wanting to understand what makes a human operate and thrive is what started his nutrition journey, albeit in the worst direction at first within the college education programs. This led to his deterioration of good health, which forced him to look outside of the food pyramid for a proper nutrition education. Isn't that funny how that has to happen? Nigel is now focused on connecting people to real food by getting nutrient-dense organ meats back into the diet that had been left out. Higher Healths now operates in both the USA and in Canada, working with regenerative farmers that have grass-fed and grass-finished programs for optimal care of land, animal, and health. Well, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks so much, Evan. A real pleasure to be here. Yeah, so talking about growing things properly, getting the right food, uh, we actually met recently at the Weston A. Price, well, it's technically the Wise Traditions Conference through the Weston A. Price Foundation that was in Kansas City, Missouri. And so uh, this guy came up, he's like, hey, I'm an FDN. And so he's a little bit different than some of our FDNs, right? He's not actively running labs, but you've taken a lot of the stuff that we would still teach and preach here, right? And into a different route and a different passion. And that stuff matters. Um, you know, I was just talking to, well, you were talking to her off air. So Joe Pate, our social media manager and our podcast manager, she was just bringing up the other day how many amazing FDNs we have that are actually doing different stuff. I mean, sure, there's thousands doing the lab thing, but there are also hundreds that are doing professional speeches, starting companies like yours, doing different types of stuff. So we'll start this show uh, actually similarly to how we would start all of the shows because you do have a health story and I don't know anything about this yet. So I'm curious when you were saying in that bio that by following the traditional advice, it actually led to bad health. Uh, what were those symptoms like? What was going on? Yeah. Well, first off, Evan, I saw you guys in Kansas city. I didn't hesitate for a second. I love <laughs> FTN and the people like it was, it's amazing. So I didn't hesitate to come say hi, but yeah, I mean, 
that those those symptoms that I felt are probably not very uncommon at all. I was just I, I had the worst guts that I'd ever had in my life. So here I was in in college becoming the expert, becoming the professional. And my diet was, you know, what I thought was fantastic, but my health was just, it was awful. Like, I, I, you know, the experience of having a, a rotten gut, for lack of better word, is no way to live. And I, and it got, unfortunately, it got to that point where I had to make that decision of like, I, I cannot go forward like this. This is not fun. This doesn't seem normal. This can't be normal. I'm so uncomfortable all of the time, you know, and, and the biggest thing when you're young and, you know, and, and there's all sorts of things combined with a, with a poor diet, like, you know, alcohol and whatever, when you're in college. Uh, but you, you know, it, the lack of energy, being out with friends, not being able to feel comfortable. Like if anybody's ever had really horrible gas in their lives, uh, you know, sitting across the table from a, a date, you know, pretty much crossing your eyes because you have to hold in the next, you know, fart. It's just like, man, what a way to live. <laughs> you, yep. you know, talk about hitting that point of like, this is it. I'm not living like this anymore. So uh, it was it was mostly my gut issues, but also just energy. I didn't feel like an early 20s male uh, anymore. I, I just it. You know, I went from having all the energy in the world to to doing anything, feeling unstoppable as every young man should, to kind of seeing some some chinks in the armor. Yeah. Okay. So when what's interesting about what you said, and I feel like most of us can infer this, but I'm always just curious because you never know, especially since this is streamed to YouTube now. We do get people that are really like listening for the first time and they actually might be getting into this space for the first time, which um we're just humbled to be able to do that for them. So what they might find confusing is when you say you believe that you're eating healthy, but it turns out that that wasn't the case. Um, most people are not in that boat. I, I would say, in fact, most people are actually in a boat of they kind of know that their diet sucks. They just don't understand the full consequences of it. So it's a whole different category to be someone that genuinely believes what they're doing is the correct thing. And you're obviously a smart guy. So what was being taught? Uh, that was correct, so to speak, that you realized later was absolutely incorrect. Yeah, well, hey, I, I'm, I'm really big on walking the talk. If I am going to back anything, speak to anything, I need to know about it and, and believe in it. So here I was, you know, getting fully col college educated here in nutrition, and I was the go-to, and I already had friends asking me fantastic questions about everything. And so I, I and I had that ego as well about it. I had that confidence. Like, I do know what I'm talking about. The things that were being taught were were just so simple, so basic. L like, they were stick sticking to the food guide, the, the food pyramid. Mm -hmm. You know, it was very heavy grains. It was very heavy carbohydrate. Meat became the, the enemy. Uh, saturated fat was the largest enemy. Like, that was the most evil uh, character out of all. And, you know, so carbohydrates were fine. Obviously, sugar was fine. And, you know, vegetables were, were you know, plentiful. And so this is the, the messaging that was kind of going across. And it, it, it's still the messaging that's going across. It's this very vegetarian, vegan, 
uh, route that everyone's supposed to be on and shame on you if you're not on it. But that that was kind of the message that I was a part of. I was I was on that team. Yeah. And, and we won't necessarily, I guess, spend too much time on, on why this happened specifically today. But if, gosh forbid, there is that person listening that is like, okay, I mean, these two guys, they seem healthy. They seem like they know what they're talking about. So why why would such a large institution be teaching the wrong thing? And I mean, the answer is is really simple. I don't mean to sound cliche, but it's follow the money. Um, because the nutritionist that you learn from is not a bad person. The college professor that you learn from is not a bad person. Largely, the people that are instilling uh, the education upon those professors, the standards for that are probably not bad people. There's something that goes higher and higher and higher and says, if we fund this and get people to believe and say this, then we make money on the back end. So that's how deep you got to go. And that's what you want to go follow. Now, with that said, you had your revelations where, I mean, you're just being objective. This is not working. I'm doing this. It's, it's not working for me. Um, I'm very unclear about how did you end up in the world of FDN? Because I know that higher health was something afterwards, it seems. But how did you end up becoming an FDN practitioner? or What interested you in the course? Yeah, so... Uh... You know, like again, and it's it's really hard to, to correct course, right? You, I've invested money, I've invested time, I'm the expert, but no, it got so bad that I had to I had to abandon all of that time, all of that effort, all of that money, and go, you know, find out how I'm actually going to achieve health again or or reattain my health again, and. I, I was always into training, into sports. So I, I wanted to learn about, you know, movement and muscles, but nutrition was always foundational. I always seem to have a larger interest in what foods make our bodies tick. And so I, I picked up a couple books that were instrumental in that shift for me. And one, and, and these are, these are old books, by the way, but the, the, the big ones were the Paleo Solution. It was a guy named Rob Wolf that wrote this book, and it was just it was a little it was completely against the grain. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, I backed it up with Deep Nutrition by Dr. Kate Shanahan, which was just that was the book that really really hit home, and that was getting me back to the roots. And it got me to think about my ancestors. How did they eat? How did they pre prepare food? And these were all foods that were completely against what I was taught i i i, I want to skip through taught and just go right to indoctrinated about it's what what i really want to do but i also i knew from that point in time my learning's not done it probably never will be done so it's got to keep going but i, I also want to find the best so i was always looking and that's when i came across FDN. I, I needed something serious in the toolbox to help people. And when I heard Reed talking about, you know, looking under the hood to understand that stuff, you know, may, maybe that's just going back to my, you know, my, my father was uh, a mechanic and it just made so much sense. <laughs> oh, look under. Yes, nutrition needs to, like, there's so much guesswork and it's really frustrating in the nutrition world. <laughs> There's so much guess, guesswork about what foods are good, what foods are bad, what things to do. And so I loved it. the FDN message just kind of hit home is like, let's stop guessing. Let's test, you know, let's look under the hood. Let's see what's really going on. But I wanted to elevate my value to really help people. And that's where when I saw FDN, it was it was a done deal. That's something that I needed in my toolbox. Very cool. And um, I think this is one of the things that's so confusing because 
as humans, we're supposedly like the smartest animal. And then yet we're the only ones that can't figure out what the hell uh, we were supposed to eat, right? Like it actually is kind of crazy that we have become so disconnected that we forget those things. And I, I went through a similar experience in the sense that I wouldn't, it doesn't sound like you went in with a bias towards one type of diet. You just wanted to know the truth. You wanted to know what worked. I was in the same exact boat. And so I I found myself in this vegetarian, almost even vegan thing uh, for about a nine month period. I, I didn't care. I just wanted to do what was going to work. And I actually got better in some regards, but then some weird things started happening where well, other than the last year, cause we had, I was just doing some sports stuff and ended up with some odd injuries. Prior to the last year, I'd only really gotten two major injuries in my life, and both of them happened a few months into being uh, vegan slash vegetarian at the time. And so I started to notice these things, and I also noticed that my health had become stagnant. Like, I was eating perfectly, and I was doing this uh, similar to you in my early 20s. I'm 21. I'm going to bed on time. I'm eating like this, and it's not getting me to where I want to go. And yet I'm watching my jackass friend pound half a handle of vodka and sleep four hours and go work at Perkins the next day and then do it again the next night on the weekend. I'm like, okay, I cannot be living this much better than other people and still feel this way. This does not add up. And so it was a, it was a really kind of shocking and it took a lot of uh, shaking up my beliefs because I started to become more of that vegetarian, vegan person. And God bless, man. If people are trying out there, they're trying to lesser suffering. I get what you're doing. I get the empathy behind it because I'm that person. Um, I saw my dad hunt when I was really young because we had a huge backyard. And so he'd have his friends over to do that. It bothered me. It bothered me as a kid. I didn't like it. I know that's not every male out there. It's just that's how I'm wired for whatever reason. Now, if I was starving, I think I could figure that out pretty quick, right? But I haven't had that in my life. So that's that disconnect. That's that domestication that we experience from living indoors and being able to go to the grocery store. So it took a lot for me to get back on the train of, oh, not only was I supposed to be eating meat, but actually I should be doing it in a different way. That's what's leading to my lack of health. Um, it was a night and day difference, man. It, it really made a lot of sense. And the testing, the objectivity of seeing what I'm reacting to, what's good for me, uh, might not be good for someone else at the time. What's bad for someone is probably bad for everyone, but what's good for me is not necessarily good for someone else. Uh, it made total sense. And so I, I'd love to dive into the rest of your story here because you did go through FDN. Uh, from my understanding, you actually had taken clients at one point, and then it became this whole extra new mission. So uh, feel free to drive us through all of that, maybe even working with people, but then moving into this next stage of your life. Yeah, that, that's great, Evan. So, yeah, like like you, I I, I didn't, it, I wasn't I wasn't waving any particular flag. I wasn't waving the the vegan flag, the carnivore flag. Like there was nothing. I didn't want to be right. I wanted to be healthy, right? That that's what I wanted. I didn't care. I wasn't. I'm you know follow the money with me was pretty easy. There was no money. I just wanted to have my health, and that that was it. And so, yeah. And, but one thing after reading that deep nutrition is I kind of got reconnected with some of the roots. I come from a family that hunts. And so I, I did that again. And I'm going to tell you something that, and hopefully that this doesn't disrupt too many, but this is connection to your food. When I did that, I hunted and we, we, we shot a white tailed deer and I got my hands into the animal mm -hmm. to undress it right? To, to, to get some of the guts out. I felt like the, I'd been there a thousand times before. I felt this connection to my food that was on another level that I'd never experienced in ever, right? So eating whole animal became 
a focus again. And what I did was something that was really weird to my cousins that I was and my brother that I was hunting with is I harvested the heart. I harvested the liver and the kidneys. And then I was sawing bones because I wanted to make my own bone marrow. I didn't I didn't want to waste anything. I was very thankful for that that kill for that animal. And I, I began to find it strange that we just made this it became normal that we would waste these parts of the animal, but they were super valuable. And so I ate that liver, Evan, and my energy was just like, it was electric. Right. I don't know how else to explain it, but it was electric. And I never, I never turned around from that point forward. That was it. I was, there's a reason why we should not be wasting any part of this animal. And so moving forward, becoming an FDN, I wanted, it was always focal for me to have my clients eating whole, whole animal. That was part of my mission in that. And it kept coming up. Everybody that I would meet with was always nutritionally deficient. But many people don't understand or know that because they're not focused on their food and they're not connected with their food. And that connection starts with who is making your food? If you're not making it, if you're not hunting it, who is? We need to get back to learning that. If for the very simple reason of, you know, a, a spiritual connection of giving thanks, having gratitude, who am I thanking for the work that's put in for this food? That will change your health. That will change your life. So with, with everybody that I came across, nutritionally deficient, getting foods from grocery stores, from markets, not understanding how that food is made, not understanding how rich or how poor the soil is. You know, nine times out of 10, it's coming from very poor soil. It's coming from heavily sprayed things. And that was that was another job that I had. Unfortunately, when I was 19, was one of the last jobs that I had on the farm, was helping another farmer that needed help for a three-week window filling his spray plane with with uh pesticides herbicides it was a glyphosate rich cocktail i was in a full hazmat suit and it, talk about another connection he's taking off from the plane and he's dumping this stuff that i had to fill in a in a hazmat suit on our food right and then we're wondering where our, our gut permeability is coming from right so yeah, but that that was that was all of the clients that I had that they we were wasting super valuable portions of the animal. And, you know, there wasn't too many clients that I had success with in terms of eating whole animal, especially when it came to the organ meats, the eye rolls or, you know, flat out, they would just tell me right where to go. They're, they're not going to be eating this stuff. That's not happening. And I didn't have confidence in any supplements to recommend that was actually going to fill that nutritional gap. Mm -hmm. So fast forward now a little further past all this point, I get married. Now it's time to build a family. And my wife is the last straw. So she, we're, we're getting ready to build a family. And you know, that, that six, five, six months territory of getting ready to build a family and, and conceive, that's super important. You've got to have, it's, it's the most amazing endeavor, human endeavor possible, you know, like 
you know, hallelujah to all the women, the mothers out there. What like what an amazing miracle, miraculous thing that is. But to go into that job unprepared, I would say is not wise. This is just coming from a man that's never done that, but I've I've now witnessed it twice. Uh it's amazing. You do not want to go into this unprepared. But I wanted my wife and I wanted my children to have the, my child to have the best head start and the best opportunity, the best health going into this endeavor. So this was a non-negotiable now for my wife. She needed to eat organ meats. But the problem was is that she couldn't stand the taste, the smell, the texture, anything. I couldn't even cook it in my own house anymore in, in peace and quiet without eye rolls and her you know, ramming open every single door and, and window to, to get the, the air moving through the house kind of thing. So gosh forbid you want to cook a spleen in silence, right? Like, come on, right? Coming <laughs> Let a man cook a spleen, would you? Like, <laughs> so yeah, ridiculous. Come on. So anyways, I, I failed. I, I tried to cook it in multiple ways and, uh, you know, it doesn't speak well to my cooking abilities, but Anyways, I tried to mask it is what I try. And many people try to do that. They try to mask the, the flavor of the smell of liver or kidneys or something like that. Right. And good luck. Good luck. You know, it's it's very, very difficult. So I failed every which way I tried. I then went on to encapsulate. I got this little encapsulator, 50, 50 capsules like this was a non-negotiable, Evan. I needed her to be consuming organ meats. Yep. And so. She tried that and she's like, I can have it like this all day long. <laughs> so then, as you know, light bulb moment, I gave it to some clients and I gave it to some friends. After that month, I had eight out of the 10 reaching out for more. They wanted more. I was like, wow. So a lot of them had that same experience that I had when I reintroduced organ meats into my diet. Right. And so that was the birth of heart health. I decided, all right, if this is the way it's got to be, if I've got so many clients that need to be eating whole animal, but will not on their own accord. Well, and there's a few elements that are part of this, you know, it's we we've run, we run really busy lives. Sourcing it for some folks is an issue. Yeah. Preparing and eating it and putting that and making it, whole animal as part of your your diet becomes a whole thing that people don't have time for energy for and it, it's very difficult so it was an uphill battle that i was losing when i was trying to get people to you know hey why don't you just go ahead and pick up hunting and you know harvest everything cook it need it and then do that on a regular basis that'd be great thank you um or you know going to pick up the phone and and call up some farmers that have regenerative farming in mind that do grass-fed grass-finished programs where no herbicides pesticides insecticides ever step foot on the land and source your meat that way that's going to be great these are very big challenges for a lot of folks and at the end of the day uh it, it was it was a it became a failing mission is what i felt it was or maybe it's just too early to that so that's where higher health was born and, and you know three four months into it uh, things really started to pick up nice. and then, uh, yeah, I, I, I had to make a decision about, you know, my date, my full daytime job. And then my clients that I was doing, uh, FDN with, uh, you know, it all kind of had to, um, I, I, it came to a head where I had to make that decision of how am I going to most impact people's lives?
Yeah, well, I'm selfishly glad you did, right? This is filling a big needs gap. Um, it is huge. And there's so many uh, factors here. I'll get to them in a moment. I actually wanted to go back to something that you said in the beginning of your answer where I, I appreciate your openness and honesty about your experience with hunting and stuff like that. Because I actually jokingly say that the whole hunting thing while still eating a ton of meat and organ meats, mind you, is probably the the biggest way that I know of that I'm a hypocrite and experience some level of cognitive dissonance. Like it doesn't make sense. I just haven't gotten to that next step yet. And then I look at what like the native Americans did and what you described actually seems very similar to them, right? They used the whole body. They had great respect for the animal that they were, uh, you know, consuming and had to take the life of to consume. I think it's almost I say this about myself, like jokingly, it's almost like little kid syndrome. Like, I don't want it to be this way. It's like, wah, 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 because I want to live in this idealistic reality where you don't have to do harm to something. But my gosh, even if you were a vegan, you're still doing a lot of harm, objectively speaking. So we live in this very odd reality that I don't pretend to understand where something has to have something maybe unfavorable happen to it for something good to happen to you. And it's, it's very odd when you think about it that way, but it is what it is. And so I have to stop being a little kid, right. And just start to accept that. And then I would make the argument to myself that what you described is probably a thousand times healthier than what I'm doing, not only literally, uh, but spiritually, right. To be able to see this, to have the respect, to have the actual gratitude versus, all right, here's your, you know, little pack of, uh, one pound of ground beef that you never got to see. So uh, I really, again, appreciate you being open with that because there's a fine line. It's obviously so natural. We know this. There are still tribes that are not touched in today's world that we do know hunt. So this is not really theoretical as to whether or not human beings did this. But then at the same time, you look at um, the diagnostic criteria for antisocial personality disorder. And if a child harms an animal, it's one of the diagnostic criteria. It's one of the warning signs. So I always am fascinated trying to figure out like, was it something that was supposed to happen in puberty? Did you become 18 years old and now you're the man in the tribe and you go out and hunt with the other men and now it's appropriate? I have I have no idea, but it's a really, it's a fascinating thing that I've thought about all these different philosophical sides of it with. So in terms of the quality of things, what's really unique about your stuff um, is that you source in America. Well, you source here, right? And if people don't realize why that's unique, that's not where most of these supplements are coming. Uh, most, if not all of them, are coming from New Zealand. And there's reasons for that. Um, there's arguments for that. So I'm going in blank slate. I'm not arguing you for or against you. I'm very curious to hear what your defense of this is, because the generic defense that I've always heard with the New Zealand thing is that, and this isn't something that you really hear about ever today anyway, but that there's never been a case of mad cow disease. So they're bringing in the organs. So you don't have to worry about that. That's really the only argument that I've ever heard. Um, I know that apparently the the animals are probably relatively healthy over there, generally speaking, compared to America. Now we have pockets in America where people are doing things dramatically differently uh, than other pockets. So again, I don't mean that to suggest that your supplement's going to give people mad cow disease. It sounds pretty ridiculous. Um, but that's just what I've heard. That's probably what other people have heard. So what is your reasoning for believing that we should do this in America? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so starting off, like I'll... I'll there's nothing there's nothing disparaging that i'll say about any compare competitor mm -hmm. i uh sure the the farming out new zealand i know that they've got great practices australia argentina uh korea spain these are the top places where all of my competitors get their their organ meats now the the mad cow disease is one of those funky weird things that gets kind of really blown up 
and it's not even part of the regenerative farming conversation. There is no case in regenerative grass-fed, grass-finished programs because there pretty much can't be, which is why there's no cases in New Zealand, which is where a, a large amount of the regenerative farming, like they, they, that's predominant methods. Whereas in, in the US and in Canada, there's a lot of feedlots, right? Mm. Th these are unhealthy conditions that raise unhealthy animals that will end up in symptoms, much like humans get when we start to eat toxic food from a toxic food supply. And then we need to, um, you know, sit down with an FDN and get course corrected mm -hmm. because damages are done. So the unfortunate thing with the marketing that's been done around New Zealand farming is it's really undercut and insulted the farmers in the United States that do a phenomenal job. The regenerative farming, grass-fed, grass-finished programs here in the United States are second to none. And let me just step back so folks can have a, a full picture of how I got started and where it all comes from. So I started just over four years ago in Canada and two, three months into it, I had Americans reaching out because they wanted an American option. They wanted a North American option at the very least. That doesn't, it didn't fully work for me. Ah, there's all sorts of ridiculous things to deal with having meat cross the border anyway that I wanted it, but it also didn't fit my brand. I want to source as local as I possibly can. And so I made the commitment and the decision to move to the US so that I could support American farmers with regenerative programs. So that's what I did. Uh, and it's been amazing. There's so many people that love that connection. They want that connection with their food and they want to source it locally and they understand and they know the farming practices that are here and they absolutely are. They're second to none. And that goes for the Canadian farmers as well. But nobody's going to, nobody's fighting that battle. Nobody's talking about that. Right. So 100% of my uh, competitors source overseas to New Zealand, Argentina, Australia, Korea, Spain. It's a conglomerate of cattle that go in. And I know all about it because I've had the third party manufacturers reach out to me to offer their organ meats so that I could do the exact same thing. It doesn't work for my mo my model at all. It doesn't work. For, I can't stand behind it. I need to speak I need to be able to speak to every single step of the process, just as every farmer should be able to. So I work directly with the farms. I vet them. I go meet them. I have steak with them. I walk on the land and I see the animals and I see the, and I hear the philosophy of farming that they implement to make sure that, yeah, this is a fit. This, the, this is an individual that plans on leaving the land and the animals better than how he, he found it in the first place right? It's, and we need more of that across the US and across Canada. You know, no, the, the, the model that we have, the allopathic model, there's the, the end of that road is not pretty, right? There's only so much that we can take out of the land before putting back in, right? There's so much monocrop agriculture that will, and we see that we see our, our fruits and our vegetables coming out with a fraction of the vitamins and minerals that they need to be for our health, which is why now supplements 
are a non-negotiable. You need that because if you don't, you've got a nutritional gap because our food supply is no longer supplying it, right? Unless you're getting it from regenerative models that are implementing grass-fed, grass-finished programs properly where the, the soil is getting richer and richer every single year. So yeah, sorry, Evan, long, long kind of roundabout way to say that mad cow is something that you can only find from really unhealthy practices. And our feedlots create that, right? We've got feeds in there, at least for the last 120 days of the animal's life, We've got these antibiotic-rich feeds. They, they need the antibiotics in there because they're going to be dealing with acidosis, right? They need these grain-rich foods to pack on the weight, but with that, you're going to have antibiotics, and then they've got to have shots of hormones along the journey as well. It's this broken system that does, its, does what it needs to do to keep the animal together as long as it possibly can before it drops dead on its own of its own weight so that that's the best most profitable model for them before that cow goes to big meat commodity and to the market right so it's a it's a horrible system it's a broken system for the land for the animal and then the last is is us the human beings that are trying to rely on healthy food to not only you know be alive but to thrive and it's it's vacant in so many areas of our food industry Wow. Okay. No, I appreciate the answer. This is, it's your show. I love getting into people's heads because I have plenty to learn about this myself. I did. I honestly thought New Zealand was the main one. You started listing off all these other countries. I had no idea um, that this was popular in these kind of organ meat supplements or uh, foods, whatever. I did not know that. And so the other thing is too, and I, my God, I do not mean this for the audience as a political thing one way or the other. This should not be a one side or the other thing, in my opinion. Just the idea of supporting another thing that is actually supporting America. What a concept, right? Like New Zealand seems great. Spain seems awesome. They got a super high life expectancy. Good for them. But we don't need to be constantly getting things from all over the rest of the world um, while there are people that are still suffering uh, greatly in our own land, right? I mean, farmers have gotten hit so heavily uh, by some of the things that have happened. You got to just slap, uh, you know, $10,000 plus on just to get a damn label that says that your food's not covered with crap. I mean, it's insane what we've done to people here. And then don't even, my God, Monsanto's like my number one thing that I pick on here. Don't even get me started about them suing farmers because their freaking seeds went into their stuff through cross-pollination. I mean, it's insane uh, what has happened to this group. So I think the least that we can do is help out in this regard. Now, you talked about sourcing locally as possible. So that's locally to you as possible, right? And then I'm assuming that you ship out countrywide. Is that correct? That's correct. So, um, you know, no, no one was doing it, Evan which drove me nuts. It was crazy. Why, why is nobody supporting these farmers? You know? Um, so yeah, I, I support. So right now, a hundred percent of our farms are Montana. We've got one in Washington state and they're all Montana based, right? So keeping it as low, but as we expand, but we'll go further into the United States. In fact, I, I met a wonderful gentleman at, at the Weston A. Price Foundation there. That's got a very large uh, farm that, that looks after regenerative farming, that's going to be coming on board, uh, in the future, but we'll never go overseas. And one of the biggest battles that we've, and I've signed up for it, I'm in like, let's, let's go for it. It's worth it. It's worth the fight is a lot of folks will say, well, what about these other organs? 
you know, our mission is to be as whole animal as possible. So we'll be getting access to these other organs, but it's not without a fight. What happens in the U.S. is that these these HACCP programs get put in place at the slaughter facilities, and that becomes the way it is. There's no going outside of that. So if they only harvest liver, heart, kidneys, that's all that exists. Everything else goes to the waste pile. That and that's that's a done deal. And that's how our society is kind of turned. And that's that's where it it kind of starts. Is like let's let's uh, you know go to what we see in the grocery stores of our what our pallets are all about now. You can go to the store and you can get yourself a nice big box of chicken breast. Well, what happened to the rest of the animal? Was there no value in the rest of that chicken? And and, and our in our beef. It, let's go get our favorite cuts. We'll get, grab some ground beef and the rest had no value in it. We'll just waste all of that. So the HACCP programs that are set in place in the slaughterhouses are extremely hard to change. They're also very expensive. So it is an uphill battle to do that. But nevertheless, it's worth fighting. We're not going to go to overseas and undercut the American farmers uh, to get that done. So that's that. that's super important. I, I love that. I think we, oh my gosh, even outside of this industry of health, we need to apply this in so many ways, right? Just actually getting back to honoring the people in our country. There's a lot of people here. We can figure out a lot of great things on our own if we actually uh, try to do this. And um, it's just cool to see you doing this with the organ meat thing because I had never, again, I don't know of really any other, well, you might know this offhand. Are there any other companies? You don't have to name them, right? We don't have to shout out competition, but are there any others that are even doing this? I've never seen an organ meat supplement that was coming from the US. Yeah, currently there's none. Wow. You know, what's happened in the industry is that a lot of them have caught on to because, hey, we went to the Weston A. Price Foundation and I planned on on I brought enough bottles. I planned on selling organs and getting people introduced to the the one and only American option uh, at the Weston A. Price Foundation, the, the Wise Traditions Conference. Sorry, excuse me. Uh and selling for two days. We sold out in one day and I was there left standing with an empty booth. <laughs> kind of What a good problem to, to have. <laughs> it was a great problem to have. People loved knowing that I know the farmers. I know where it comes from. I have a relationship with them. And then, by the way, it comes directly. We get the organ meats directly from the farmers. They go into our freezers and we do every step of the process. And it's all man-made. We don't have any fully automatic machines. The problem with those fully automatic machines is that you need flow agents in there. You need fillers, you know, and some of these ingredients can go unmentioned in some of these products. The supplement industry is a racket. There's a lot of closed doors, closed curtains. You don't know what's fully going on. I, If you can't pick it up from my voice, I don't have any trust in our food industry. And I have even less in our supplement industry, which is why I'm so passionate about knowing your food, but we're also in a day and age where not only should you know where your food came from and how it was made, you need to also understand and know your supplements. It's very important, you know, and and then what's happened in, in my industry is that companies have caught on that people, you know, uh, want and, and enjoy having a local, more local connection to that. So they don't list it on their websites as easily. Now it's, it, it's deep, deeply hidden in the FAQ section. Uh, it's not on the bottle. They're not proud of where their product comes from. And that's a, that's a problem. That's a problem for me, right? I, I like knowing where it came from and I like being having that transparency with, with folks about it. So 
terms will will be thrown out there and i had a had a great youtube conversation with another rancher out of texas about the words grass-fed and pasture-raised well those have been hijacked people need to watch out about the words like organic you know it's I don't know what it is in the States. I should really look into this. But in Canada, 90% of that product can be non-organic. It only requires 10% of that product to be on shelves to be labeled as organic. That's It's disgusting. So pasture-raised, grass-fed has been hijacked. Every cow is grass-fed until that last 120 days when they go to the feedlot. Pasture-raised, same thing. Yeah, they're all out in the pasture. Course you can say that how are they finished grass finished is very important and regenerative farming is very important hopefully those those names don't get hijacked likely they will given the history of how things go in this country so that so it shouldn't end there you should also again do and i know it's work that a lot of people don't want to do it's this detective work right you still need to do a little bit of work and find out who's making this product. And and hopefully they've got a little bit of transparency on it. Well, and you kind of hit the nail on the head with that because I think there's, there's um, levels to the, to the health space, right. And you start learning more and more about it. And so for example, the organic thing, I, I don't want to misspeak. I, from my understanding, it is way more than 10% here would have to be organic. But with that said, there are still these organic pesticides that can be put in. Um, they can still have a lot of conventional ways uh, you know, attributed to their growth. Like if you go get, well, I won't mention names. If you go get organic quote unquote from a chain supermarket here versus a local health food store, I mean, you can see the visual difference in these two things. It's stunning the, the amount that is different. So my point in saying that there's like almost levels to this health thing is the first thing that you do, I, I think is, okay, I'm going to like follow some, you know, diet, whether it's vegan, paleo, keto, carnivore, whatever, attach your favorite diet here. And I'm going to eat organic. Like that's the thing I'm going to do. And I'll try to get these uh, trigger labels, like you said, like the grass fed pastures, whatever. At at this stage in the game for me, and perhaps there's another level, um, you know, there's always something to learn. But at this stage in the game for me, I'm not even really concerned about like the organic thing, for example. It means so little to me. I want to know where the hell did the food come from? Because there are many wonderful places out there that do not... Uh, either meet the requirement for organic or would not pay for that label because they don't want to be involved with it. That is some of the best quality food that you could possibly have. And that actually leads me to my next question here. So obviously people um, can get stuff from you guys and we'll shout out uh, where they can find you at the the very end here. So pretty soon, but I'm curious for someone that's as knowledgeable as you, if I am a consumer here and I want to, yes, support your brand. Sure. But also maybe get some stuff locally. I'm curious what the things that you would look for are in a local farm or how you would go out uh, about searching for that. Because I'm lucky I have a, a, it's actually a chain, but it's a family owned chain here called Kimberton Whole Foods. So it is not Whole Foods Market. It's Kimberton Whole Foods by coincidence. Uh, They've been open up for decades. It's one family, right? They're not franchising this out. And I actually worked there at like 19 for like, you know, a couple of months, but I got to see how they do things. And so do I know all the farmers that they know personally? I actually don't. But what I learned when I went there is the guy that runs it, his family, they do know the farmers and their standards are exceptional for what they look for and what they um, have at their store. So I'm blessed that I can go to a store with modern conveniences, but have the trust there. Most people are not so blessed. So if you got plopped into Florida, if you got plopped into Tennessee tomorrow, what were some of the things or what are some of the things that you would do to find really safe foods near you? I love that question. That's such a great question. Um, 
the first step, you know, and what I would do when I was, when I had clients is if they hired me on what one of this might sound funny, but one of the criteria that they needed to do was get connected with their food. They needed to buy themselves a deep freezer. They lived in a small apartment. It was a smaller one. They lived in a house, get a larger one. And then you're going to get connected with a farmer. You're going to have a look and Google's uh, fine. Just hop on a search and just find grass fed, grass finished beef locally in your area. And then you're going to call that farmer and you're going to ask further questions uh, about it. Hopefully because uh, you're going to find this fun. It's super fun to know how, how much passion that farmer has and their philosophy and their food. It's, it's so wonderful. And then, you know what, go visit them. If, if it meets the criteria, which it likely will grass fed, grass finished, go, go on the farm, shake that farmer's hand, go meet it, go meet them, go walk the land and check it all out, get, have that connection. So then I'd have clients with their deep freeze. They'd have that. Then they'd be making a call to a farmer and they'd be ordering either a quarter half or a full cow. And they would have that. If they don't want to do that, then yeah, you're going to be looking at going to either farmer's market or in your case, that that's awesome. Like there's more, more and more stores popping up like that, that have those options and they are not going to hide where they source the meat from, which is great. So then you can do your own kind of detective work and go, oh yeah, they're sourcing high quality beef here or chicken or whatever it is. Uh, but that work needs to be done to, to find out. So that's the first thing. If I'm plopped in, in Florida, I'm Googling which farms are around me and where I can support a regenerative farmer doing grass fed, grass finished that supports my family's good health. Right. So and I'm ordering a quarter, half or, or a full, whatever I can afford or whatever I can fit in my freezer. And, and at the end of the day, your price tag on the upfront cost, of course, is it, it can be an issue for folks, but you are saving money in the long run on that beef as opposed to going to the supermarket to get it right multiple dollars worth per pound less for that direct quarter or half cow that you're going to be getting which is amazing so that's the first thing is and that's the most important is what meats do you eat beef chicken lamb whatever it is go source those directly those are the most nutrient dense foods that you can put and then in terms of your vegetables or fruits you know, do the best that you can in terms of organic and, and natural in, in that aspect as well. But nutrient deficiencies come from low quality or not enough meats in their diet, right? Mm -hmm. And then if you want to explore into cooking and, and preparing organ meats, have that or go for it. Usually those are available when you order a half cow plus mm -hmm. uh, or just ask the farmer. Maybe they've got some kicking around that people don't want and you want to do that. And then, yeah, if you're like my wife or most folks that don't want to entertain that, don't want to invest the time, effort, you know, to preparing it or whatever, that's where we come into play. Nice, nice. And it's good for a variety of convenience purposes, right? Like we're yeah. business people, we're traveling, right? I'm not, I, I'm not going and figuring out the whole farm thing when I'm traveling in another state. I'd rather yeah. have something that I can use supplementally. And, and this is the best of both worlds. This is how you mix in these modern conveniences with these uh, more... Well, 
the traditional wisdom. That's how you can mix this in with the modern conveniences. So it's cool. But it is exciting to see more and more stores popping up like this. Uh, there's more and more demand. So go figure. That's what happens when there's demand for something. Um, and I, I don't say that go figure towards you. I know you know that. I say that towards the consumer because they're always complaining about, oh, things are more expensive. I can't get this. I'm like, you got to understand. Here's the good thing about these companies that are actually kind of scummy in a sense and only go for profit. They only go for profit. So what you demand is what they're going to serve. And you can tell because they do these little tricks where they make like a, a baby food product look a little better just to like, you know, trick the mom into thinking that it's okay. So are some of them scumbags? Yes, they are. But they're also profit driven. So you demand it. You educate yourself. That's the fastest way to get these stores and these big companies uh, to change overnight. They just want to make money. They don't necessarily care how they do that, I don't think at least. And so I, I never realized how lucky I was with this store. Um, I did not know that Pennsylvania is one of the uh, very select few states that can sell raw milk in a store, for example. Like you can go buy it uh, usually from the farmer, but we have we have a whole section in this health food store where you can buy a gallon of raw milk, you can buy half a gallon, you can buy the goat milk. It's just, it's very cool. So um, with all that said, uh, we're going to go a little over on time, only a couple of minutes. So I'm good if you're good. I wanted to ask though, you know, you talked about these people that you initially gave your product to and that they called back and like, oh, this is great. So I know that this is not a, a cure-all. It's not just you take supplements like this or start eating organs and all of a sudden everything's fixed. There's a lot to this, but it's a huge aspect, right? If you're healthy and you have the right nutrients, I mean, or sorry, if you have a healthy diet and you're eating the right nutrients, like, yeah, things usually go pretty well. So what are some of the things that you've seen for people when they started incorporating these types of foods or maybe uh, your product into their diet, when they started getting the right nutrition, what happened to their health? Yeah. So we've pretty much wiped out every single pharmaceutical iron supplement that, that has been prescribed to people. Uh, you know, folks are taking 50 milligram plus of prescription iron that gets wiped out when they introduce beef liver that has all of 2.2 milligrams, right? It's, it's just fascinating what real food does. And what we've done, you know, with, with our supplements and, you know, our allopathic methods, we've separated everything as if that's going to work, right? We go to this, this, the supplement store and we can get our vitamin A, vitamin E, vitamin D, you know, vitamin C, all separate, but it does not work that way. They, they, they all work together synergistically, right? Vitamins and minerals, they rely on one another for that absorption and that bioavailability needs to be, it's critical for the uptake. And so we've seen these 50 milligram, 100 milligram plus, you know, tablets of synthetic forms of iron get wiped out by a little minimal 2.2 milligrams of the heme iron that's available in beef liver. Uh, and we see lots of issues with anemia. So our beef organs has a little bit more because it contains the spleen. So that's great. But energy is one of the biggest ones. We hear about hair, skin, nail improvements, gut healing, which is uh, amazing. We've got folks that have decreased allergies. The biggest home run for me is a family member said this, and I don't know about you, Evan, but family members for me have always been the last people to listen to what I've got to say regarding food or health or anything like that. I don't know if anybody out there can uh, relate to that, but I think a few people can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sister-in-law was like, uh, I've changed nothing. I've just added beef kidney. My allergies are way, way less. 
but it's got that it, it, it it's got the DAO diamine oxidase in there it helps with histamine metabolism it's got it's got iron it's got copper these all work together uh in in nature right and with our with our with our bodies so uh fertility that's a big one and also happens to be my personal favorite uh where people are now pregnant after introducing nutrition to their body go figure right but hormone levels hormone production improves when the building blocks are finally there in the body so these are the most common things that we see within uh, folks introducing organ meats and, and more nutritionally bioavailable foods to their diet to the regimen i think this is amazing that's uh, that's really cool i did not know about that with the dao because it's probably different than when you went through the course. That's actually one of the main things we teach on a, something called our metabolic wellness panel now. So what a great connection there. I'm sure uh, the recent FDNs are like, oh, wait, they just got the same light bulb moment that I probably got. Now, with all this said, this is amazing stuff, uh, really cool. And it's it's not a magic bullet. No one's saying it is, but this is what happens when you have proper nutrition, guys. The body was supposed to work a certain way. So go figure when you feed it the things it's supposed to be fed. It starts working well. I just don't want anyone to ever misinterpret this as like being better than it is. It really is this good, but the reasoning is so simple. You're, we're, no one is doing what they're supposed to be doing health-wise. So when you start doing that, uh, it works out a little better. Now, Nigel, my friend, where can people find you? Where can they order stuff if they'd like to check it out? Just shout out everything, please. Yeah, so we, you can find us at higherhealth.com in the US. Uh, for the Canadian listeners, it's higherhealth.ca. And then we uh, just uh, just up front, we're going to improve on this, but we do organ meats much better than we do social media. So apologies right up front, but you can find us at Higher Health USA and then uh, Higher Health Canada on Instagram and our Facebook there as well. So, yeah. And then and then for folks just to, to un clearly understand this, if you are in Canada, we use and only support regenerative grass fed grass finished programs and farmers out of Canada. So nice. that's what you're getting. And then the states, you're only uh, getting U.S. farms, regenerative grass-fed, grass-finished programs. That's it, right? So I love this. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um, I have a final question for you. It's our signature question on the show. Uh, perhaps we might know the answer, and it's totally fine if it is, but I always ask. So the signature question on the show is if we were to give you a magic wand and you could wave it and get every single person in this world to either start doing one thing for their health, or you can get us all to stop doing one thing for our health. What is the one thing that you'd get us to do? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Right. What can I say about that one? So <laughs> you know what the, the, the magic wand would be waved and everybody would be supporting a local farmer for their core uh, foods. And I, uh, yeah, and then as part of that magic wand wave, we wouldn't be wasting any part of that animal. We'd be eating the whole thing. And I believe that we would see a tremendous amount of our health come back, just like our ancestors once upon a time had. And, you know, one of, we, we talked about the wise traditions, Weston A. Price Foundation or Weston A. Price. I love his story. He went around to all of these tribes expecting, you know, a lot of, vegetables and roots and, and things like that to be eat, eaten and he found the exact opposite he found you know meats including organ meats uh blood and milk these were the core things that were being eaten they wasted nothing and he would have been out of a job as a dentist so uh we're we're 
sourcing and we're we're connecting with our food where it comes from we're able to give thanks that way i think that that's a tremendous thing that you can do for you and your family is know who to give thanks and have a heart of gratitude for where your food comes from how it's made uh, and uh have that connection with it eat the whole thing and uh let's all have health bam thank you so much for coming on today thanks guys appreciate it